Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Stop it, Matty, please. Welcome back to, what did we call this again? What was this? place called the room room no that's the room no. room this oh. is the room room 2.0 <sighs> something like that i mean it is better broom room it was the broom room oh yeah because the there was a broom, broom in the corner room. yeah um we're back again and we've upgraded we've got headphones now which is quite fun because jess doesn't like hearing her own voice there's going to be a challenge throughout this podcast to make jess's back spasm because <laughs> that's what happens right i just when... have i have a bad reaction to anything what is it? To hearing your own voice? No, what's the... What's ASMR? ASMR, yeah. I just... Okay. It, it sets me off. Yeah, no, don't. <laughs> That's so not. today is an Ask Us Anything podcast where we put out on Instagram, on social media, you know, any questions for us guys? You know, our, our upbringing. Upbringing, that's a bit weird. You know, we know what I mean. You know, our, our past, you know, and uh, what we've been up to and, and the future, the present, the past, the standard, whatever. Time. Today. Alternative Yay. timeline. Yes, the timeline. And I think if we're going to be starting with the WTF1 timeline, it, it begins with the birth. You, you had to go through labor, didn't you, Tommy, to, to create this, this child? Yeah, I, uh, it, it was a nine-month period where... Uh, I think you I, say you were nine months in labor. That too. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, so I guess if you want to know the start, I started it in 2010. I think a lot of people, um, probably a lot of our YouTube audience as well, uh, maybe only think it started when we started in 2017, was it? With the, the YouTube, channel? yeah. A lot of people um, do think that. So, No, another seven yes, years. Seven years I was plugging away with it on my own. And Let's give uh, a Nicola.Yordanov.5283. So uh, a specific question on it. How did everything start and whose idea is the creation of this show? Show. Show. More like, you know, worldwide sensation, I'd say, but it's fine, whatever. <laughs> this whole thing, well, yes, it was. it was my idea... As Matt always, as I always call as you, the founder. The founder right, yeah. Yeah. So I, founder. I, I founded. God, that sounds great with headphones on. Sorry, come on. I, I founded WTF One uh, in 2010. Uh, it started off as a, a Tumblr page, and um, should probably probably address because I saw a few questions that um, a lot of people ask: Are you F1 fans, or how big of an F1 fan are you, and stuff like that? No, we hate it. Absolutely yeah, hate just, it. Can't I, stand I just it for hockey. You know, yeah. Um, but yes, I started it because I was a huge F1 fan and realistically nothing more than that. I didn't start it because I thought, yes, this is a great business venture to no longer have. Well, back then you couldn't make money from memes, could you? Like, it's not like a, (laughs) well, even, even in the early days when I think a lot of people have this perception online that when you've got like 20, even just like 20,000 followers, everyone thinks you're like a millionaire. No. And the reality was making three pounds Google ad money a day. Like a, The struggle. Yeah, the struggle is real. Um, so yeah, uh, the reason I set it up was because there were no F1 sites that I thought did what we do now in terms of bring a personality into it. Um, I, I was a big fan of other websites. I, I used to love this site called um, Geekology. Which uh, yeah was just like a tech tech website right, okay. and stuff, but I loved I loved the way the guy wrote. I loved the way the guy wrote uh, all these articles, and it was really tongue in cheek, and it was just a funny blog, I guess. So you heard I, of Geekology, Jess? Is that a... no, never. No, it sounds scary. I don't even want to visit no. it. I feel like I would be just blasted mm. with information. It's kind of just like silly viral videos and okay. random tech. Is things. it still going to this day? I think so. It's not as big. we're bigger than it now, which oh, is quite okay. cool. So, right. but so were were you aware of? Because obviously, in today's day and age with social media, there's so many ways to for anybody to start making content. But back then, I guess it was less of a thing. So, what made you want to start, say, a Tumblr page or start blogging about it? Like, were you aware? Obviously, you said you were aware of Geekology, but were they? similar to you were they just like an individual or was it part of a media company what kind of what was the yeah it was just process? so i i just did it i was at university at the time uh and i was just like well 
I, I basically I really wanted an F1 site like this Geekology page, and I was like, if if someone made that, I wish someone would make this site because I'd read it and love it. And um, so I just made a Tumblr because it was one of the um, it was it was a site that I could easily kind of customize without any web design knowledge or anything like that. Which um, yeah, obviously in the in the early days I had no. Because uh, because I was doing everything with help from uh, Katie, my wife, um, yeah, we were trying to do obviously all that is like logos, um, hosting, all this kind of stuff that we were just kind of making up as we went along. So there were some uh, funny moments in the early days. Uh, one one of which was um, because uh, as the site was inevitably getting bigger. I didn't know anything about hosting and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the site kept getting hacked. And, really? and Yeah. And I was just like, well, I don't know what to do. Um, and this guy was helping me. So I used to have to just message him when it broke and be like, help. Uh, and one, one day, uh, it, was, it wasn't a race weekend or anything, but I was just like, just check, check the site. And the site was just porn. <laughs> just the homepage was just some guy going to town on this person. And I was oh. like... Okay, uh, so that's WTF1 now. So I had to, <laughs> had to uh, message uh, my friend Adam, who was doing my hosting, and be like, check the site. Uh, how, how, do, how do we get it back to the F1 <laughs> to get rid of this? Yeah. Wow. Um, so it was tricky, and it was a lot of um, sleepless nights. And I, I, I mean, I, I worked my arse off on it re- yeah. realistically, and for very little reward at the start. I was going to yeah, say, was, was, just, there, was there ever points where you almost like threw it all in and didn't want to do it anymore? Yeah, uh, quite a few times, to be honest. Uh, maybe within the first couple of years, because uh, I was at uni when I got to third year, it was pretty full on trying to trying to do it whilst doing university course. Mm. Um, <clears throat> sorry. And uh, yeah, someone messaged, uh, a couple of people messaged when I hadn't put anything on for like, five or six days and we're like what's happened are you still doing it or whatever so I kind of thought oh people like it and carried it on and then inevitably it just kind of grew and grew from there was there ever a eureka moment for you when you thought okay this is really potentially going to be something huge uh yeah so when I was at when I was at uni um I did music at uni by the way not anything related to what I'm doing now (laughs) Uh, yeah what what part of music like just uh, music technology so okay. it was like um sound design and all this kind of okay. stuff uh and uh, when i was in final year it was kind of the point where everyone goes out and gets work experience and opportunities um and i was everyone was doing the same degree as me so essentially you had to have one standout factor i guess um and i just wasn't I wasn't getting anything and all, all my kind of opportunities and stuff was coming through WTF1. So um, I got to go to Sky when they launched the Sky Sports thing, which was at the time really cool because I was mm. part-time working at uh, like working a part-time job and at uni. And it was like, oh, do you want to go to uh, Sky Sports and meet Damon Hill, who was like my Your idol? My yeah. idol. It's like, yes, I do. Um, and then things... Uh, things happened from there like I, I had a job interview with Red Bull and I got to the final stage of that um, and it was like okay this is a better this this is the direction clearly that so it just naturally the way to go. Took, and it just naturally took me, took me there yeah so so where did the name WTF1 where did you get the name WTF1 says Victor Chu everyone everyone loves that don't they shall like, we just clarify get... first what WTF1 stands so it's, for so it's who's the fastest one but I mean, realistically, it's just a funny name. I was like, WTF1, that's, that's funny. Yeah. And um, yeah, people, um, very, very early on, people were like, what's WTF1 stand for? Like every comment like on a on any post would be like, what is WTF1? Like people are so obsessed with the, the we name. We say who's the fastest one, yeah. but it's a play, obviously, it is, on, yeah, on, on exactly. other terms. It's just <laughs> and it sticks in your head, which is great. Yeah. Great branding from you. Well done. Well done. Yeah, I, I did a master's in branding. No, I didn't. So who was like, who was the first person or company or whatever to reach out to you 
in a kind of more professional format to kind of off, almost offer you work or because I guess that's the point where it starts it stops becoming something you do as a hobby and then turns into something where you can t- like maybe turn it into a career yeah so I was um I was uh, after uni so I I didn't get that job at Red Bull, which was quite disheartening because that would have would have jumped straight into that. And even more disheartening was I ended up just working in retail uh, for like half a year, a year or something. Uh, what shop? TK Maxx. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I was working in TK Maxx uh, like part-time and also getting like crazy opportunities to do to kind of do like go to sky and do these kind of things which was cool um and then uh red bull contacted me again and said you know i've been passed over your details i'd like you to work for us Uh, so i started freelancing for them um and then that allowed me to um go full-time freelance so i was working a lot a lot for red bull um Doing Which is their, how you got verified. <laughs> doing their, not, yeah, not um, doing their uh, website and stuff um, and social media and all that. Uh, and that, and then because I had that free time and I wasn't doing a normal job, uh, that's where I could put a lot more effort into WTF1 and then inevitably it, it grew a lot more because I could, I mean, when, when it started, it was like one post a day, if that, because... It was a lot to manage, yeah. um, and that's when it went. I think I think we had like twenty thousand Facebook f- likes or whatever, yeah. and then I think it got to like a hundred k quite quickly when I was just doing it. You know, more more effort, put more effort into it, more time. So, mm. well, any, any more funny stories? Because you mentioned there was a few that, that I didn't know or Jess didn't know that uh, uh, came from the early days. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was it was mainly just like a lot of, um, a lot of porn screw hacking. ups, porn hacking. <laughs> um, there was one point where we're trying to move over the new stuff, and I somehow managed to delete every article I'd ever done on oh WTF One, all the pictures, <gasps> all the formatting, and thank God this guy got it back for me because how did you manage um, that? I, I basically we're moving over stuff, and then um, after the um, after it was hacked or something, I think I needed to back it up and then delete everything. And my brain went, delete everything. And, <laughs> and then I, back I, it up. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember how, but I remember just going, oh, uh, where is everything? Oh, and yeah. God. I bet that was a time where you went, oh no. There was a lot of like moments, yeah, where I was just like very yeah. ragey and like, why am I doing this? It and fair sign. play to like yeah. Katie as well, my wife, who probably was like, could quite easily have been like why are you doing this mm. because like you say you, you you'd stay up till midnight doing stuff or whatever with a part-time job and then you're like oh i made one pound fifty of google ads today <laughs> yay did anyone ever tell you you were mad and that this was never gonna be like a, get a proper job essentially um not really i think i think at first when i when I did like the Red Bull thing, I think um, obviously like family were a bit like, oh, so you're doing what? You're just like writing about F1 and without, without really knowing much. But obviously, I don't think there was too many moments where it was like, what are you doing? I think a lot a lot of my uni friends as well was just like, oh my God, that's so cool. Because they knew I was like massively obsessed with F1 and a lot of school friends as well. Like, um, so you might remember Jason who was on the, the podcast, obviously like, that was that was crazy to be like working with him and stuff on this because I was at school like one of the only people that liked F1 and now you know people were hearing about me going to speak to Damon Hill or go to a car launch or something like that so yeah it was cool and then yeah I the first race I went to as media was uh Austria in 2014 when they first launched it and that was that was really cool and a bit like daunting because obviously being being the fan that was just like being the essentially the the nerd uh, like silverstone waving flags and stuff and then being in the paddock like oh my god yeah which you um, still get to to this day yeah it's it still obviously yeah it still it still happens but um 
yeah, actually, the 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 first, one of the first people I spoke to in in the paddock was um, Ted Kravitz, and um, I, I saw him there, and, and uh, very very early on, um, we used to sell a Ted Kravitz Appreciation Society T-shirt that Katie had made because <laughs> Katie absolutely like loved Ted, and um, loved past tense. Love, love, yeah. Were they together? He's, he's hilarious, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but so I saw him and was like, oh. Um, just wanted to say hello, um, thinking that he'd just be like, who the f*** are you? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I basically said, oh, I just wanted to say, like, um, my uh, my wife made those T-shirts, the Ted Kravitz T-shirts, and she was like, oh, so do you know WTF1? And I was like, oh. I am I, WTF1. I, I, I am WTF1. And then we started chatting, and he was like... Um, yeah, he was he was awesome. He was like, "Oh, like, I hope you get on all right," because he knew it was my first race. And I was like, "If you have any, if you like have any questions, let yeah. me know." And he said that he'd uh, he'd bought the Ted Kravitz Appreciation Society shirts for his daughters and yes. stuff. Like he had two, <laughs> he had two like three year old daughters or whatever. Yes, and I was just like, "What a legend!" Because because obviously, like, it's really daunting, and you're just like, "What if what if all these people that are lovely on telly mm. just be like?" Who yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know how they'll be off camera, yeah, exactly. do you? Yeah. And that's quite funny because I didn't really know about that story when I met Ted at uh, F1 Live London in 2017. And I, he, cause I obviously saw him and was like, oh, cool, that's Ted. And he came up to me and was like, are you Matt Gallagher? And I was like, hi. <laughs> this is the wrong way yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, no, I was about to come and say, hello, Ted. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And then he, he mentioned that he'd met you and stuff and he loves WTF1. I was just like, that's so weird. Like, that's the weirdest part is when people that you like look up to or you see on mm. television have noticed and seen what, what you're doing. And yeah. I bet for you in particular, like how the fact you've had blood, sweat and tears put into this and then someone like Ted going, yeah, no, I bought those t-shirts. You're like, huh? Spe- Sorry, speaking what? of blood, sweat and tears as well, because obviously now WTF1 is a part of Car Throttle. So yeah. 2016 came around yeah. and... W, uh, car throttle acquired WTF1 from you. Yeah. Was that a difficult process to go through, kind of relinquishing your baby to yes, somebody it wasn't, else? It wasn't. It wasn't easy. It was that. Yeah, I had a lot of. Obviously, we had a few conversations. Um, it's, it's been well known that um, I'd met uh, Adnan, who's CEO of Car Throttle. Uh, back in 2013, 2014, something like not long after I'd started this job uh, with Red Bull. So we had these talks before and I was like, mm, it's not really the time for me. I'm just, you know, starting um, starting this job with Red Bull and I feel like things are going really well. So don't really want to move to London. I was happy I was living in Leeds and I was like, living the fine. life. Living the life in Leeds. Leeds, Leeds, yeah. Leeds. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really enjoying it. So, um, and then... Yeah, when it came to 2016, we had another chat and it felt like it was the right time to do it. Uh, I felt like it wasn't... Maybe maybe I'd taken it as far as I could on my own as well. Um, and also, and weirdly, like it's always the same with things I think we've spoken about before, but when I, when I um, was growing up, obviously, I would never have imagined that I could have ever got bored writing for like Red Bull or someone, but it did get a bit, you know, st- static Same, or whatever, yeah. samey. And I was just like, it'd be nice to start something new. Um, I was doing a few other freelance projects as well. Um, what, what the the weirdest thing actually, and I'm not one for like fate or anything, but I uh, I was working with Mark Webber, and. Um, Obviously, when as you do, as you do, I, I, yeah, so, yeah. So I so I worked with him for a little bit in the WC, and um, the person I was working with, who was his um, PR person when in F one, I, I remember ringing her and and I re- I really loved this job and I really liked working with her and I was I kind of almost felt a little bit bad. I was like, I'm really sorry, but like I'm leaving. Uh, I've had this opportunity, blah blah blah. And she was like, oh, well, everything happens for a reason, all this kind of stuff. And she's a little bit, she was like, oh, I'm really happy for you and all this stuff. Uh, but she kept going on about all this like stuff. And I was like, okay. And then the day after, Mark Webber announced he was retiring from motorsport. And it was like, that's weird. So your the job that you had that you loved was going to naturally, come, naturally, to naturally come to an anyway. end anyway and all this kind of stuff. Oh, so amazing. it was like, wow. That, that timing. Well. And then, yeah. 
the whole car throttle thing happened and it obviously and, and now we're here and now we're here and now now we're in the cupboard and yeah. then next to come along was mr matthew your, your gallagher child, me <laughs> <laughs> um before we get on to me just one last question on you tommy from my hawk falcon norge why does tommy look like he's only 18 because i mean considering how much you've put into this project how do you not look 50 i know i i, I don't know maybe stress d d ages me <laughs> I don't know. I think that's definitely the opposite from yeah. most other people yeah. in the world. Yeah. Everybody. That's different. Every, every comment, uh, like, in the early days of the podcast was like, the kid with glasses. It's like, I'm 30 <laughs> next year. 30 years old. 30. Look at this face. 30 years. <laughs> you make me sick. Still get, I still get ID'd for everything, don't you? I, um, so a Jehovah's Witness came to the door last week, and, uh, yeah, in the middle of the day, and I answered, and he went, uh, are your mum and dad in? No. <laughs> No way. Oh yes. That's, <laughs> That's even got Rory laughing behind the camera. <laughs> oh, and I, I rolled with it because I was like, this was means they're gonna go away yeah. if I say no. <laughs> wow. And he okay. was even really patronizing. He was like, Oh, so you're in charge of the house today and stuff. I was no. like No, he full on like Yeah, full on thought baby I was like twelve, you. yeah, yeah. I should have showed him your wedding ring. Like uh Yeah. yeah. Or like really played it up and been like, yeah, I'm in a like arranged marriage or something. I got married off when I was twelve. Like really play it up, see what see what you said. It's holding a sign like, help me. Yeah. yeah, it's not the worst problem to have, is it? Be it no, because be you'll still look twenty when you're seventy. So that's uh, that's great. Everyone else just gets really really old. Um, so yeah, and then I arrived um, on the scene. Uh, Kids love F1. Asks how did Matt get hired by WTF1? That's kind of more of a question, I guess, to, to you, Tommy. Uh, how how did you find me? <laughs> I found it. How did you find yeah. this? Um, yeah, so when we were looking for the, for the YouTube channel... Um, and this was a secret project, wasn't this it? Was this was a secret was project, because uh, I messaged you on Twitter, and this was still... So um, a lot of people didn't know what you were doing, because um, you had to say, like, oh, I've got this news... Yeah, when I've got um, when I've got the job, yeah. And obviously we couldn't say anything about the, the car throttle acquisition for a while, so there was like a four or five month period where we were just sort of you're right. Just just smacking the mic stand and sort of hiring people and and sorting things while also being like, Do you want to join this project? I can't tell you anything about it, but um Yeah, so that yeah. was that was weird. That was the first yeah. I so. messaged you, didn't I, on Twitter or something, I think, saying like, "Can you why, come in why for an Ma- interview?" Why Matty though? Uh, so I'll try and find that DM whilst you talk. Go on. Yeah, it will still be there probably. Um, we were looking through uh, different YouTubers and presenters and stuff, and naturally, uh, a bit like really early on, and how I said about F1 sites and motorsport sites being quite very news and how do I say boring without saying boring? But yeah, like very straight laced and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff um, so yeah we were um, uh, me uh, Gabs Adnan um, Katie was helping as well like looking through all these y- YouTubers and stuff and um, yeah we saw we saw Matt like all, all these presenters and then we played the video with Matt and uh, I think uh, Alex uh, from Carthorpe was in the meeting as well and it, we watched the video of you uh when Nico Rosberg had just been announced as retiring Great and you sort of shouting around your kitchen yeah. and we and obviously we we're just like this is WTF1 here and there you go you you shouting about Nico Rosberg yeah. around your kitchen got you a job it's quite a funny story really because I remember I think I was just I was just at home just chilling and then I just saw on BBC or whatever Nick Roswick retires and I kid you not I ran downstairs with my little what was it the what's that camera the G7 little one next. G7 next one yeah that's it um, and I ran downstairs with my camera plonked it on the bookshelf and I was like ah, five minutes of that ran back upstairs uploaded it literally like, hardly any editing or anything like that I was just like I need to get this out now and it went reasonably big and obviously you guys saw it and whatnot and um, yeah it's just it's weird to think that out of all those videos I used to do on my old channel um, that was the one that you were like yeah that's WTF1 because you know that was probably not the best content I've ever made but I guess you kind of saw the kind of personality that yeah sort of saw the personality and and how it would you know it would be moulded obviously we took a while to 
find what we're doing like your your first shoot was that <laughs> i know this triggers you so much for that lotus shoot where it was like okay um so we don't really know what we're doing with the youtube channel uh we, we're just doing it about f1 i know you spend your time raging about nico rosberg and playing video games but can you stand with uh the son of colin chapman, chapman and yeah. talk about lotus cars and you were like very nervous and I think the one thing I remember from that shoot and it's amazing looking back on like our first videos to now but you didn't know even know where to put your hands no, I think I that was the biggest thing where you were just like uh I didn't. Um. Oh, goodness me like um that that whole shoot was was petrifying because I, I mean just to take it back so obviously Tommy messaged me um you didn't do it on dear in dms I don't know you may have emailed I think you emailed me oh, right. um but then <laughs> I, I remember sending you the dm after our first meeting okay. of like talking about you know this, this opportunity but I didn't really know what the opportunity was but like yeah but we're gonna do something I was like great or what <laughs> we're gonna do something which you know about Formula One and then I was like great to meet you guys earlier nice to meet people of a similar mindset then the the arm emoji I was like looking back I'm like you're such a keno um <laughs> uh, and then obviously Tommy was like yeah thanks for coming in was good to meet you and I remember just sitting on the train going does that mean they like me does that mean they don't like me I was, I was just like look at like analyzing it thinking because of you know when you spoke to me about it I didn't know the ins and outs of it but I knew that geez this is an opportunity that I can't miss um and then I remember you messaging me going hey mate how's it going loving the streams you've been doing recently thought it'd be easy to chat here the email need to sort out a few things if possible no major rush I was like what things what things do you need to sort with and what, I was just can, you, just can you tell panicking. me the timestamp on uh, that so that was at 239 and I was like, okay, I think I've left it long enough. And I went, hello, mate. Far away. I'm all good, thanks, pal, yourself. And that was at 2.40. So that was one minute. I uh, just sit there going, okay, all right, how long do I leave this? Nah, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, but at that point, so you were full-time YouTubing? Or? Yeah, so at that point I was, yeah. So I, before this, I used to work with young people for, God, three, three and a half years. I used to work in schools kind of doing a, a sort of a counselling type job where you know i'd speak to them about issues and you know school options and whatnot um and i did youtube on the side uh just playing f1 games shouting raging just you know no cares in the world it was literally just a this is fun i'm gonna do it whilst i've got my full-time job so you know it was great but then it started to pick up and i was like okay all right decent amount of subscribers and you know make a bit of money and like okay where's this going um and then i, I uh, the job that I had with young people came to an end because of public funding and whatnot. So then I was like, okay, let's just let's try this YouTube thing for a few, for a few months whilst I look for something else. Um, and then obviously that's when you, you messaged me uh, and whatnot about about the whole WTF one thing. So it kind of came at a good time. I mean, I was kind of enjoying what I was doing. I was I was you know, streaming on Twitch, doing YouTube as well. So uh, it was it was yeah, it was good. But I kind of needed something a bit more to to push me out there. Uh, and then obviously we had the test shoot, which which you mentioned, which yeah, it was the most petrifying day of my life because obviously I knew all the details then about you know YouTube presenter, blah blah blah. I was like, oh my god, a presenter! Oh my god, all I do is shout at games. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and as you said about my hands, I just remember. Yeah, can you speak to like Clive Chapman? I was like, cool. I know nothing about this man. I know not much about the Lotus Forty Nine. But hey, let's interview him. And I just remember standing there, I was like, where do I put my hands? And I was just, just kind of down by my side. Do I do anything with them? And obviously looking back at it, if people were to look back at that video, it's um, quite the difference uh, to, to now, which is great. I'm glad I've improved somewhere. So it, it's just, it's, it's nice to look back because you, you know, you don't really kind of see how much you come on and unless you've actually got it there in front of you and yeah that shoot was 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 scary um but i'm you know glad that there was <laughs> some potential that came through otherwise i probably would have been very devastated but it was uh yeah quite quite the journey and obviously we're here now so um, so going, right. going back to the beginning what made you start uploading videos to youtube or streaming on twitch like what what was the kind of trigger point for you I was as Tommy is the same it was kind of like a, I'm a massive Formula 1 fan I loved playing the game at the time I loved like competitively gracing back when esports didn't exist it was all very much all for fun um, and I was just sat there and I was like, I'd like you know some people started to upload on YouTube I was like, oh this is quite cool because I wanted to show people how good I was at the game it was all an ego <laughs> trip really I was like, I just want to upload and show people that I can do fast lap times and um, and then it kind of just went from there and you know it, it kind of just coincided with the fact that I loved Formula 1 and then I was like oh actually I like talking into a microphone as well and then and then I started putting voice over I mean oh my god some of my early videos are the worst things you'll ever see I think my favourite like, one is what's the Grosjean one? Oh, oh the Grosjean my song goodness yeah. me the Roman Grosjean parody song of uh, yeah, Lewis turned into me uh, that's it yeah. 
yeah. That, so that's, that's you and your mate with a Roman Grosjean mask on singing. The Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. I wanted that it, way yeah. in the in the style of Lewis turned into me. So yeah, literally just sat down, changed all the lyrics, and then uh, my friend Jody, you know, he he was like, yeah, I can film the music video for you. I was like, this is going to be dreadful, but yeah, sure, because I don't know what I'm going to do with it. And then he just he made a Roman Grosjean mask, sat in his bedroom, and just started like. Oh, it's, it is one of the worst videos ever but people still to this day message me about it oh Lewis turned into me oh has anyone seen this oh old school x G and stuff and it's crazy to look back on because that was all just for innocent fun never thought I'd get more than 10 views yeah, I just remember the first time when I first launched my channel and obviously no subscribers no one knew who I was and I was on forum after forum after forum just copying pasting oh, have anyone seen my hot lap around America just really geeky but you know I was just like okay was, oh my god I've got 10 views 10 people have seen me yeah. you know, oh I've got 100 subscribers I remember thinking I'm oh, 100 people I could fill a room with this you know <laughs> I, was, I was used to imagine like how many people yeah like like check the size of stadiums and be like oh my god I could fill out Wembley with the <laughs> yeah. people that not quite Wembley yet I was, I was at 100 subscribers but yeah, yeah I, 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 mean? I could fill a small kitchen in, yeah. with this you know in, a small kitchen <laughs> yeah maybe not 100 maybe 10 but yeah it was it was just crazy to kind of see and it's weird that how your expectations change with it especially with with both with wtf1 and my old channel it's kind of like you know you see what you see what get to a milestone then you're like okay i want to get to the next milestone now and it's it's it kind of just constantly pushes you to to keep going and yeah it's it's weird that because then youtube then became quite monetizable and then you had like companies coming coming to you and being like okay we want to partner with your channel and then i'm sat there going i don't have a clue if this is a good or bad deal there's a massive contract with a hundred pages do i read all this do i just sign you know and it's it's those kind of things that you're not used to at all and it just throws you in so it was it was well without it i wouldn't be here so i have a lot to owe to me snapping discs and throwing out my window and and all that good stuff and a lot of people say you know where's the 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 matty rage gone and you know i think a lot of people don't maybe understand that these two ventures are very different you know x matty g was very much a i just upload whatever the hell i want there's no repercussions it's just me whereas obviously this is a much more professional outlet there is still fun we still have a lot of fun but um it's there's there's time and places for rage and we do have rage but not in the way of you know calling people certain words so <laughs> so yeah it was uh it's been a it's been a ride it's been a i can't believe it's been two years now since the youtube channel pretty much launched so yeah well i mean well, we were auto started doing a video the other day and uh yeah that was where the famous clive chapman video was shot so people Two need years. to go and watch yeah. that and just just let us know what you think because uh it was it was fun get that, get that video to 100k <laughs> <laughs> right moving on from me um formula fan girl has a question for all three of us what made each of you want to do this as a profession i think we probably both covered We've that, covered that. Uh, but there's there's one person that, that hasn't just yet so yeah jess it's probably a good time for you to go and how did you get the foot in your uh, get the foot in the door get your foot in the door uh something's happened to me recently in the motorsport world so uh, i'm interested to hear what happened to all of you well congratulations formula fangirl for whatever news that is but yeah how did you get your foot in the door that's awesome jess? um obviously like my, my story is way different from either of yours are you um, telling me you didn't play games and throw things out I, the window no? I did but just not in public or <laughs> you on YouTube okay. I didn't film it yeah I kept that kept that private oh, well, I still do that been? to this day but just no one sees it um, but yeah I guess I've got maybe more of a boring way of getting here like I'm not okay cool moving on <laughs> exactly no to be honest might as well but yeah I'd, I'd always been in a Formula 1 fan my whole life kind of like you guys and probably most of the people watching um, or listening now um, and it never occurred to me that you that I could get a job here I always thought like wouldn't it be cool if I could do something in F1 but I didn't know what I was good at yet um, or kind of what my expertise could be whereas I guess like you guys loved creating content making things uploading whereas I was always a bit more like well people probably don't want to hear the fact that I sound like Hermione Granger and um, you know is it really a place for me like uh, that side of things never really appealed to me I was more kind of business orientated always thought I was going to run my own business at some point um, and I went to uni and I did English Lit because that's what most people do when they don't know what they want to do with their lives. Yes. Um, and massively enjoyed it, had an amazing time and then kind of got to my uh, final year and went, I should probably get a job. So one of our family friends, um, Ravers, he worked uh, previously at a media company called Haymarket that owned Autosport. And it 
was one of those things where media had always fascinated me. You know, I always thought maybe I'd go into advertising and make TV commercials and stuff because I always found that the kind of the psychology behind it and the creativity behind it really interesting. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I used to, this is really geeky, but I used to like imagine TV commercials in my head as I was like walking around, like just, just cause. Um, and I loved like, um, what's that, what's that film with Mel Gibson? Um, where he can hear women's thoughts. Uh, I know what you mean. I can't, um, I can't remember what that one is. What's it called? It. It's a I've proper classic it. yeah, 90s yeah. film. Anyway, so that's all about an advertising agency. And I love that film and, <laughs> and stuff, which is really geeky. But um, so anyway. What the, women what want. Women what women want. <laughs> I literally it. typed in Mel Gibson movie and someone had literally written Mel Gibson movie where he hears women's thoughts. So there you go. Exactly. What, what women want. Did you want. search this earlier? No, I didn't. I should have done <laughs> though. Um, so anyway, there were um, Haymarket do a lot of graduate jobs, um, kind of in media sales, and I didn't really know what media sales meant, um, but I knew it was kind of get my foot in the door in media, and maybe it could lead to something else. So I went and applied, and there was a role going at Autosport. So I was like, oh my god, maybe I can work in motorsport like straight away, straight out of uni. Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, and I was actually there with. Um, someone who now is one of my best friends we we went to the same like induction day and it was all very like you know like it was like some kind of FBI training thing it wasn't really but it was like everyone in a room and they kind of tested you and then halfway through the day they pulled people out and then you never saw them again and it was kind of intense wow um anyway um myself and Katie um shout out to Katie Snowball she, we were the, the last two candidates remaining and there was one job on Autosport and one job on another title called Management Today. And um, we both got to the final interview and then we got, uh, each got phone calls kind of like the next day or something like that. And they called me up and they were like, we'd like to offer you a job. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And they were like, yeah, it's on Management Today. And I was oh. like, okay. <laughs> but I, I still took it because yeah. I thought, you know, you never know, maybe I can get on Autosport at some point. Um, which did actually end up happening. So I worked on management today for a couple of years um, and I was selling advertisement. So selling space in the back of a magazine um, and then moved on to selling kind of website banners and stuff. So all the stuff that everybody loves whenever they click onto yeah. a website, that was me. Um, and then uh, a job at Autosport came up and I moved on to that and loved it because it meant I could talk about F1 all day, every day. And that was my job. Um, and I kind of... Whilst I was there, it was it was becoming apparent that social media was really taking off, and I was like, we're, like we're not doing enough in this space. Like, there's so much more we could be doing social media wise. And then that made me kind of look at F1 in general. And obviously, Bernie Eccleston didn't believe in social media. He thought it was a phase, and it might well be a phase, but it's been a long old phase. Yeah, and it's very big. Um, and it's massive. So I was like, look, there's got to be more stuff that we can be doing around this. And for one reason or another, it wasn't really on Haymarket's agenda to go down that route. And so I was starting to get really frustrated because it was such a massive opportunity and we weren't capitalizing on it. And then I, I got a recruit, recruiter contacted me and said, there's a job at Car Throttle going, which is all about social media. It's all about like young millennials and, and they've got a sales job going. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And as much as it was a step away from F1, I kind of thought, you know, I need to move there because this was before Car Throttle had bought WTF1. So I had no idea that was going on. And um, so I moved across, I made the leap and joined Car Throttle. And it was a completely different world. It was talking about social media, using social media day in, day out, which was amazing. And then not long after I joined, Adnan was like, have you heard of WTF1? And I was like, I've literally been following this since 2011. Like it's the (laughs) best thing on the internet. Um, and proper fangirled about it for how, how ages. Long, how long were you at Car Throttle for before I joined? So I joined in January and you kind That's of came like on board October. Yeah. So I had to wait less than a year until motorsport came <laughs> back into my life. down the days. But it is, it's so much like that Mark Webber's PR woman is right. Like I really believe everything happens for a reason. And it's not a case of like you sit back and let fate take the wheel. Like you do have to make decisions, but it's amazing. Like if you do make decisions that even might seem tough at the time, it usually leads you down towards at least what you're going for. And yeah, it might take risk. It might take, it might seem like the worst idea in the world at at that point, but it's amazing what you can make out of those opportunities. So anyway, 
got told that we were buying WTF1. Um, and I remember Tommy's first day when you came into the office. I think yeah. I almost jumped on you. Like, <laughs> not, not in a sexual <laughs> way. Not in a yeah. sexual way. <laughs> how, did, uh, how did your wife take that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we should probably address the comment that was like, we're not are married. you married? And no. uh, Gab's, our COO, was like, yes. And it's like, no, no. we're not. <laughs> we're not married. Um, you're married to a I very wonderful woman called Katie. Yes. Who, as you heard in previous stories, was pretty instrumental in yeah. WTF1 coming into being so thank you Katie thank Katie um, shout out to Katie <laughs> shout out to the wife Here's your shout out but yeah I, th- I remember it was it was myself and George who used to work for us and we basically like pinned uh, yeah. you into a corner uh, I remember that day because um, George uh, George who was a de- developer right yeah he was our CTA yeah um, he was again like massive WTF1 fan and he in the early days he was helping me fix all the um well, spam and porn and <laughs> Russian hacking and everything that was like wrong with WTF1. Uh, and I remember coming in that first day and I was like, oh, thanks very much. I think I had a WTF1 t-shirt or something. And then you, you were there as well and you were like, oh, I'm such a big fan of WTF1. And I was there like giving George this t-shirt and I was like, oh, I should have got one for you. If I'd <laughs> I known. think you managed to find a Maldonado um, approved, I got some stickers, yeah, sticker. yeah. So I was like, and you gave me a pin badge, and I was like, this is literally the coolest thing ever. And I remember telling my friends because um, there was a bunch of us who would always we, we had like a, a, ch- a text group or WhatsApp group um, that we would talk about F one stuff in, and we would always share like WTF one stuff in there and be like, this is hilarious. Um, and so when I told them that I'd met the founder. I think I took a selfie and like put it in there and they I were like, that. oh my God, is that Tom Bellingham? It was like you were a celebrity. It was amazing. The, the weirdest thing there, and it's, it's, still, the, it's still the same now, um, but yeah, especially, especially even then, like going to that first day when everyone was so excited, like because I was kind of the nerd behind it and almost like couldn't detach from this little bubble, it, that was so weird for me to, that anyone would ever even care that much about it like you see the the figures and stuff but until you meet people and they talk to you about it i'm sure you're the same like you're just like oh wow this means this means something to people yeah it's it's very weird yeah i'm I'm exactly the same when it comes to just looking at numbers on the screen obviously you know you look at statistics you want to hit this that and the other but then you go to an event like autosport which we did recently or you know any kind of formula one motorsport event you know people come up to you and you know they want a picture and then you feel them like shaking and you're like please come on it's like it's it's, it's so weird because you still look it's, at yourself as just a normal person I'm just an f1 fan that talks crap into well, my, a camera uh, so. when we got back from that day at autosport my you know the facebook thing that tells you blah 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 how many years ago or whatever yeah and it was like eight years ago and it was a picture of me at autosport next to david coulthard probably shaking like a picture of me with him and it's like it's, it's crazy how like since then yeah it, it's mad it's just absolutely mad I've got a funny story actually only two three days ago uh, not even that two days ago uh, my sister uh, called me she's you know she's a fan of, of what I do and what WTF1 does and whatnot. and um, apparently she was on a bus because uh, she's just moved to Oxford University uh, Oxford Brooks not Oxford she's not that clever but oh, <laughs> joking lo- love you G um, and she heard some people on the bus talking about Schumacher uh, and she knows that I love Schumacher that's the only thing she probably does know about me in Formula 1 but um, she th- I think she had had a few drinks and she'd uh, she'd mentioned oh uh you know, our, my brother works in Formula One and, you know, he's from WTF1. Apparently they all just lost their minds. No they way. were like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they um, Justina was telling me, then she rang me and I was like, hello? And she was like, yeah, oh my God, there's these guys on the bus that love WTF1. Apparently one of them can't even breathe. Can you speak to them? <laughs> and I was like, bit weird, but sure, okay. Uh, and then they passed them over like, Matt, oh my God, this can't be real. You know, and I'm just sat there, just, it, it, I think I'm in my like, in boxers, just like, hi. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, how are you? you I was going to say, do you, like, do you have a catchphrase? I can't. Do you really? Yeah, I guess there's not really anything like, really "Hi, I'm Matt. We're just, WTF one." We're out. You should have just said. You should have said, said that to them and see if their like, oh, yeah, minds imagine. were blown. <laughs> but it was just so weird. I, I can hardly breathe. Oh my god, I love WTF one. One of them messaged me at five to four in the morning after a great night out. Clearly, and just be, and then something like this essay of like how much he loves WTF one. There's things like that. I'm just kind of obviously I'm so appreciative. It just it just blows my mind that people get so worked up over what we do and you know like internet's best reactions is obviously a huge series that people mention quite a lot and it 
just like for you obviously with the you know you actually created the whole thing and it's like the youtube side as well the fact that people are so invested in what we do is is insane yeah mm-hmm. i think um without skipping too far ahead because that'll probably come up later but yeah i i remember when we went to baku and that was what has it been like a year since we kind of started the youtube properly and um i remember just walking around and like people were like saying hello to like me you and ali and stuff and like i, I remember like ali got like someone asked for a photo with him and we were just like oh my god this is crazy and then we were doing the grid walk and someone uh just shouted my name and i was like oh oh you're right and it's like yeah can i have your autograph and i didn't i don't have an autograph and yeah, i was just like that's what exactly do what I, I what? <laughs> you want my autograph and like they're giving me this cap that's signed by like f1 drivers yeah. and i'm like okay uh, but I, it's, it's matt is like insane it, it was it was really weird and i remember you coming up to me like we're in azerbaijan <laughs> and there's these People kids like huh? going crazy for WTF1 it's, it's awesome it's so cool and I think a lot of people maybe and it's probably just because of the way it is but like WTF1 as a brand you know it, it kind of that's what a lot of people see they see me on camera and whatever and they, they don't really just realise that maybe if you were to strip it all back that we're just F1 fans that are so passionate about the, the sport and we want to share whatever our opinions and whatnot. and it, I think it's, it's probably that's what it's always to, yeah that's what it's always been like from from day one and that, that's why like you guys doing it is so great as well because we're all f1 fans like mm-hmm. the the whole point of me like writing it on those tumblr things was it's not written like a an essay or a press release mm-hmm. it's written like i'm the nerdy f1 fan like you that's kid head to toe in merchandise and waving a flag at races mm-hmm. and this is my this take is on my it. take yeah. on it yeah, yeah. Yeah, whereas a lot of people may be hired to write about Formula One that maybe aren't as big of a fan as, as we are. And maybe that's sometimes when we get in trouble, when we, we, we're almost too passionate about things and or too opinionated. But that's that's what we are. We're, we're F1 fans, and, and, mm. and that's that's kind of where we'll always be. Isn't there a question on there about, does it kind of, working in F1, does it spoil? Yes, uh, here we go. Um, right, okay, I've found it. Does what, uh, From Chris O'Brien, Brian, does watching motorsport for your job change how you view motorsport? I guess inevitably yes I think just but just because you've gone from a complete outsider position and watching F1 and only seeing you know what the media puts out or what you see um, from the TV coverage or you know social media obviously gives you much more of an insight but I think when you work behind the scenes you're obviously you're you're getting fed new information I don't think it's like it's not made me hate or love it any actually to be honest I probably love it more Mm. um just because you understand the way things are or why they are um but I think undoubtedly like undoubtedly it changes it slightly but not not your enjoy like I still want to sit down and watch every single race regardless of how much f1 stuff or how tired or however like changed it for me a lot because obviously i would be um essentially i'm working all all through the races so Mm -hmm. i'll be tweeting and obviously anything that happens as well um so so say like uh when daniel ricardo announced that he was going to renault that that day in the office if i was a fan we'd be you know i'd be messaging my friends going oh my god that's absolutely crazy but obviously us in the office were like right we need content on this like let's work this out how are we going to do what we do what we're going to do for the social post what we're going to do for a youtube video yeah and it and you're kind of in work mode as well but but like you say it's not it's not made me love it any less and especially going to events and stuff it's still like even just going to an event where there's f1 cars it's just like this is so cool yeah i mean the access is is amazing and you know i, I wouldn't change that for the world but it, it, it has changed again for me like internet's best reactions is on my mind when things are happening i'm always on social media kind of looking up to watch the race and then be like okay nothing's much happening let's see if there's another funny tweet so for me it has changed obviously from j- just sitting there relaxed and, and whatnot but this is the stuff you put in to to get the rewards of being able to go to races and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's changed it, but not for a good or bad way. It's just it's just different, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay, let's we're do. St- some... We're still just nutty about F one. Oh, we're absolutely yeah. <laughs> I, it's absolutely fine by me. Let's do some quick. For, oh no, actually, you want to do was it Jack Aitken? Yes, let's mention Jack Aitken. Maxito underscore C. How did your partnership slash sponsorship of Jack Aitken come about? Uh, so yeah, I I uh, worked with. Um, one of Jack's friends, uh, James, and uh, when we were when it was still very early on, I think twenty 
2013, maybe early 2013. Yeah. And uh, I asked James, I was like, oh, I'd, I'd like a racing driver to blog for the site. It would be really interesting to get an insight of what it's like to be a junior driver. Yeah. Um, do you have anyone? Because like, he was doing social media for a few different drivers. Uh, and he said, well, how about this guy? And I was like, is he good? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and then about four months, five months later, he won the Euro Cup Championship and the Formula Renault Championship. And that's when we started putting stickers on the car and stuff. And then, like I say, yeah, he's worked his way up to uh, to be Renault, Renault reserve driver, which is insane. Um, again, like it, it's kind of cool that his story has kind of Growing followed... Winners with us like yeah yeah it's really cool so yeah it was it was awesome good guy jack aitken a man that's been on the podcast a few times uh, since we launched it um <laughs> this one's to you as well tommy uh, kids love f1 who came up with that's radion actually yeah we got a lot of that <laughs> we got a lot of those questions um again it's a really early it i think i only saw two people when we released that video that was like only OG fans remember this joke and stuff because while while it was very much like the modern WTF one, it's also a bit of a throwback as well. Yeah. So um, every time I'd post something, particularly on Facebook, no offense to Facebook, um, people uh, would kind of nitpick with technicalities of things, uh, and especially uh, with the Eau Rouge Radion thing. Um, I just want to say as well, like the 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 thing in the video is obviously a character. That's not how I am as a person, like <laughs> nitpicking every little thing. No, it's you, not. <laughs> um, because every time we'd post something, and obviously I'm there thinking, Eau Rouge, uh, people will know Eau Rouge. Mm -hmm. So I'll write Eau Rouge, even if it's Radion. And uh, yeah, you, you'll get a few comments like, oh, that bit's Radion and people would start having a conversation about it. Uh, yeah, so so that kind of happened. And it was the same. I drove, um, I got to drive uh, Danica Patrick's stock car, uh, which is an ass car. But when, when I obviously, naturally, I don't think of stock car. I don't, I don't see a stock car as a NASCAR. I just said, I've driven a NASCAR. Yeah. And everyone's like, well... You've not driven a NASCAR because <laughs> that that's like, again? yeah, it's like, that's saying like you drove an FIA. It's <laughs> uh, the governing body of stock car racing. And, that's and, a great yeah, thing. Yeah. And, uh, but obviously I, I wrote NASCAR because like people will understand what I mean, yeah. but yeah. there was always that little audience. So then obviously when we did Girl of the Grandstand, I think we'd, we'd made a few jokes on it recently and you were just like, I want you to, I want you to be that guy. Yeah here's the pointer <laughs> do it so yeah obviously we had no idea that video was going to be quite so instrumental massive. in yeah. the uh, education of where Orujan Radion actually is um, maybe well we'll see what the, the meme is for 2019 I think that was a question what do we think the meme of 2019 will be if it's anything like Radion it's going to be like half made up two days before we go to oh, shoot yeah. with no intention of anything yeah. blowing up this will be a terrible video oh, oh no it's okay. blown the internet up yeah. brilliant I mean we almost didn't release that video yeah I heard there yeah. was dis internal almost, discussions wasn't there we too. almost didn't do it because we were like oh no like is it funny enough is it um, does it look okay like does it look a little like rough and ready and then we just hit the live button <laughs> and that was it <laughs> um, I, yeah that was Rory's one of Rory's first shoots that I was think. your first shoot wasn't it Rory it was yeah. So yeah, we were a bit like, oh, this Rory guy's a bit shit. <laughs> so maybe we won't go live. But then we made the call because it was just so, like I found myself watching it over and over and over again. Yeah. That we just like hit the live button and then the rest is history. Oh, I've, uh, I love the that. Editing brought it back. The editing, no, yeah. the, well done, no, Rory. the uh, on-screen personalities did. Sorry, Rory. I mean, I think the funniest thing behind that story as well is that that ha happened at the end of our WTF One Grand Prix. We were all deliriously tired mm -hmm. we lost people we didn't know where anyone was that took part we thought people weren't gonna take part because we went hey guys if you want to be in girl the grandstand stick around and then no one was there and we were like oh my god no one wants to be in our video and you and i were running around like mad things around Buckmore park going who's gonna be in this video and no one was there and then we found out that they'd actually gone to the grandstand <laughs> 
because we'd said grill the grandstand so they went to the grandstand and then we had this flock of people emerge so it was like we got on a, an emotional roller coaster yeah. of oh no this video is not gonna yeah. work to oh my god there's so <laughs> there's many, people many people here and i was like ushering people in and like lando norris was in the corner like probably wanting to go home but then dying in a heap on the floor like it was just so the, the backstory of that video is insane considering then what happened afterwards yeah but i mean so many outtakes as well of us just trying to do that outro so yeah it was quick, like 20 minutes is, how'd you find it yep. quick, quick answer is we have no idea what we're doing yeah basically if we're delirious that's when the viral videos will come exactly so, that uh, we're, we're, so we're just going to work you to the ground you're not going to have any off time like fine by me if, cool. if it creates awesome. the content that's great um <laughs> look into the future very quickly before we get into a few quick fire random questions um Hulvard Trigizet, what do you see this is actually quite a funny uh, message what do you see the project of wtf1 becoming doth there sleepeth a fantasy of a new media takeover of the coverage of f1 outrageously dreaming here but maybe an end result being that when terrestrial television gets outdated you could fetch a license and do coverage on a streaming platform shocked face or perhaps some of you harbor a secret wish of being one of the next generation f1 pundits where's, F- where's wtf1 going i guess you know you know the sky's the limit we're we're here to make sure that fans have a voice in F1 coming at it from a different perspective from a lot of other media sites which equally have their place in F1 we think we have ours too so you know if we can do more things and work closely with racing series like we already do already like we've got amazing partnerships with World Rallycross and Formula E um to kind of like our mission is to make motorsport accessible for everybody so that you don't have to have somebody as your gatekeeper into f1 you can just discover it for yourself and have the confidence to like it because motorsport can be quite confusing and there's a lot of jargon and terminology and it's it's that's where we want to be so if that means that we can get to that level where we're i you know you never know what's going to happen there's been a lot of change in especially f1 um in recent times so you know, we're always looking for how can we do this better? How can we be that voice for fans? Um, and so that's just, that's what's going to keep driving us forward um, and keep us here. And, you know, we're always looking for input from our fans about what they want so that we can then go out into the world and kind of try and make it happen. Um, we had an incredible year last year. I, I seriously look back on it and I'm like, how did we really do all this? <laughs> um, but, you know, each year just looks like it's going to get better and better. And if we can produce the best content for the fans, then mission accomplished. It's funny you mentioned about uh, like helping people discover F1 because a lot of people wanted to know how we got into F1. Mm. And I'm assuming it's all the same. It's just like my family. Yeah. Just... I grew up in Brixworth as well, which is just north of Northampton, which is where they produce the... Um, high performance powertrains for now Mercedes but it used to be Ilmore Engineering that did like mainly McLaren Um, so everyone in my village was either working in F1 or around F1 so I was lucky that it was inevitable almost and luckily my family liked it as well but we were just saying like there's not many stories where somebody hasn't introduced you in some way Mm. I just saw I just saw an advert for an F1 race and then me and my mum and dad started watching it and then literally we were just hooked yeah. ever since yeah yeah and my, and, uh, my dad was uh, well, it still is uh, really into F1 and uh, I was just plonked in front of the TV yeah. at three years old and that was it you know uh, shoe me for life uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to get that in somewhere yeah, I, I, was, I was saying actually uh, about uh, to you the other day that um, I should probably shout out to my dad as well because me and my dad were the people that um if you see uh, at the end of races, I was telling you about this, when that guy's carrying the DRS sign and leaving the circuit, that was basically me and my dad like Stealing going to F1 races and seeing what goodies we could get. So like the, <laughs> the best one we ever got was, um, should probably cut this if it's borderline criminal activity, <laughs> but um, you, know the, you know the signs above the pit lanes? Yeah. Uh, so I've got Yosha Stappen's... Uh, pit sign from monaco uh when me and my dad went to the first race we ever went to uh, your first race was monaco well yeah so we went to uh, silverstone right, we went to silverstone for like practice sessions because okay. they were like five quid and they yeah. were like let's do it R. Let's, R. Not yeah yeah, not yeah exactly anymore. um so it was like well let's 
go to Monaco rather than because we did it really as cheap. You do. Well, it was really cheap. That's the next thing. Would, to go they to. would the tickets back were then, back yeah. then. I imagine it was general entertaining admission. Too. Uh, Thursday was uh, free. Really? Yeah, Thursday was free. That's cool. Uh, and yeah, we went to this race, and um, it was the old pit lane where you could uh, essentially be in the pit lane because mm-hmm. it was just you walk the track afterwards because it's public streets. Yeah. And I remember my dad just asking an arrows mechanic because we were massive orange arrows fans, which is why the logo is black and orange. So there's a fact for so you. So secretly, WTF one is arrows. Arrows oh. would realign. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my dad just said like, "Can we have that sign?" And an arrows mechanic was like, oh, "I, I'm not going to stop you. I don't know who it belongs <laughs> if I look to. over here and it's gone. Yeah, I won't say anything. That sounds like permission Basically to me. that. Yeah, and, that's and permission. So so many people did the same thing, but so that my dad was trying I think to probably get assassinated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we walked past so many people with that sign, but I remember going in, and this is another fate moment, right? My dad's trying to get the sign off. Um, and he needed a, like a screwdriver or something because it was screwed onto the wall. And so you're literally tearing down yeah, this yeah, guy. Yeah, <laughs> you're helping. The this is like a, just this is like stuff. yeah. So that so like everyone <laughs> was packing up and stuff, and uh, my dad was like, "Tom, go find like something. We need something to like unscrew this sign." So I walked into the Minardi garage, right? Which was <laughs> this sounds so made up. Which was like a shed. Like this yeah. was like the old pit lane. So like the back mark has got a shed pretty much, and the only thing that was in there was a knife like a butter knife yeah so i was like that's weird That'll do. that's the only thing in the garage got it yeah so no uh, no, no screwdrivers no, no, no nothing like, they'd packed up everything apart from this knife so it was like that's meant to be take this <laughs> unscrew get home the stappen sign on my wall for in my bedroom wow. nice yeah so wow. sorry monaco police did you return the butter knife that's why i want to know jeez uh, or did you leave it in the arrows garage? Yeah, I, I sent a, a letter to Minardi. <laughs> you <laughs> left. You put them out of business. Didn't yeah, you? I know. Yeah. I know you really need this butter knife back. So here you go. I triggered Toro Rosso. There you go. All right, well, there you go. The founder of WTF One is a thief. Uh, so if you want to, you know, criminal prosecution, you've got a you've got a witness statement right there. Please uh, don't go stealing all the signs <laughs> from F One races now. Yeah, you please this. don't. To be fair, there's a lot more security nowadays. Yeah, they wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to do it now. Right. Some quick fire random questions then. Nixo thirteen. Do you watch F One with shoes on? No. no. If I'm in my house, no. Not an animal. Oh, uh, wait, yeah. Who wears shoes inside? Nixo 13, apparently. That's uh, a strange question. You. But um, this is 82. There's loads of Zs. That's why I did it. What's better in Formula One now comparing to 10 years ago? A lot of people don't like DRS or hybrid, but do, what do you think has improved just as a quick? What's improved? Mm. There's a lot improved. The coverage. I, I think the coverage is yeah, better. Yeah, I think it's definitely more open and towards like helping people understand what's going on. I think the the problem is it's it's so easy to look back on ten years and just see highlight reels and exactly go, the golden especially days. like you you grew up in the Schumacher era probably loving it because he was winning everything. Oh but god, I loved it. Well, that, not ten that, years ago. That era as, as a ten mon- years ago it was two thousand nine. Oh god, it was. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay, Schumacher. That's tried twenty years. But but okay, but but say so, so say we go fifteen years back. Everyone so during old. that era yeah. was like, this is the most boring era. The same drivers winning all the time and stuff. Now people look back on the air and they're like, listen to the V10s, they're amazing. Yeah, the good and old days. The same thing will happen. Yeah, people, exactly that. people in 15, 10 years time, they'll go, remember when Hamilton and Vettel were fighting five titles? They were the real legends, not yeah. these guys. Like there'll be new drivers and, and people will be like, think, oh, they're nothing yeah. like Lewis. And Every era whatever. has given us something different and something I think to be excited about. And even though there are changes, like it's just it's just the evolution of F one, and that's not a bad thing. Like, yeah, they're quieter, but is that, that doesn't bother it doesn't, me anyway. it doesn't bother. No, it's right. not that's not affecting the racing. Exactly. It might affect the spectacle, but then there's so many other things that add to the spectacle nowadays that we didn't have ten years ago. So, the, I don't ever look back and go, "Oh, I wish we had this now," or you know, all I sorry, all I want is you know, good racing. Um, drivers that have got massive potential being given that opportunity to kind of stretch their legs and do amazing races and have the accessibility to be able to go and see racing people moan about pay drivers as well and i know going about like stroll and all these people but they still have to race the car yeah and in the 90s they were literally like they they got like people in that were just like oh my dad owns a business do you want to drive this car his his millions of pounds of cigarettes it just wasn't a thing back then so it wasn't reported on whereas now it's like okay 
Okay, yeah. thanks, Rory, uh, for telling us we've been going one hour ten. Um, okay, a couple more questions. Ibrahim Bachara, if you could choose any racing number, what would it be? Mine would be seven. Mine would be six or 21, just because they're lucky numbers. You're going to take the piss out of me for this, but when I used to race online, my number was 33, and that's Verstappen's number, and it was purely oh, coincidental, I'll have you know. Okay, okay this so one we wanted to, to cover... Um, well, two actually, and then we'll we'll finish. Josh Holland says tips for journalists pursuing a career in F one. I I would actually say um, don't specialize in the written word, just purely because today's day and age you need to be like multimedia talented. So whilst writing is massively important and it still adds to you know Tommy's background is in writing and and um, kind of journalism, but he still writes a lot of the scripts for the videos that we produce. So I would say. Master your skills in in writing, absolutely, but also learn about video and multimedia and apply that to that and start generating a portfolio because ultimately, you know, when whenever we're hiring, as much as like it's great to see your qualifications and it's great to see like what you've done, I want to see physical evidence of what you've done. Just like we said, like when we approached you, we could see immediately what you were producing um with Rory like we asked him for a show reel and we wanted to see and then we took him on a test shoot so that we could see like what he was doing so definitely work your portfolio up and network it's who you know not what you know that will get you a job in this industry so start talking to people go on LinkedIn find people that have the job you want and ask them you know is it one is there anything going at your place don't be afraid to ask that because if you don't ask you don't get and secondly find out what they had to do to get to where they are and any advice they've got for you to kind of do the same essentially smash bang wallop okay and finally uh, you wanted to address this Jess from Freya 33 do you feel there aren't that many women in motorsport because of the stereotype around it being male dominated ending on a bit of a controversial one I know controversy Um, I think the so first and foremost don't label yourself as a woman in motorsport there's a lot of stuff at the moment talking about women in this um, you know the W series is one of those things that's kind of hit a nerve for a lot of people um, but I would say look at yourself as an individual male female whatever you are um, and don't label yourself just think you know am I skilled enough to be doing the job that is being advertised or is is available in in motorsport and go for it don't let labels hold you back um, I've never looked at myself and gone I'm a woman in motorsport like I'm just Jess and I happen to be in this job and it happens to be a motorsport and I hope I'm doing an all right job. Um, but that I'd say like first and foremost, like don't don't apply labels because you're already like setting yourself up for a fall. Well, there you go. Not as controversial maybe as very well said oh, in a way that's positive. Thanks. Inspirational. That person and any other females out there will be feeling much better now okay well thank you so much everyone for watching this ask us anything podcast we've talked about ourselves for an hour and 15 which is impressive i mean um, yeah easily done yeah. sorry if we bored you could have gone four hours uh, no <laughs> but uh, yeah my stomach's starting to rumble so yeah. i was really scared that it was gonna start getting picked up by the mics <laughs> i really need to go eat something and then we'd hear it we'd hear it spasm. i actually had a massage yesterday but, weird what? i had a massage yesterday and the therapist her stomach was rumbling through the entire 40 minute massage and I there was a point where I was gonna go love go eat a go Kit Kat a or something like literally just and go you didn't want to be that person I don't want to be that person <laughs> so it's a good job we're ending okay so can Jess I, is gonna get a bite can, I just, oh, can I just have one final thing oh, no, uh, so again. during that podcast I had to itch my ear have you have you taken your headphone off yet no it's the weirdest just do it now I want to <gasps> yeah so ooh. oh it's weird isn't it well, thanks. Yeah. Uh, no one else is going to feel that sensation. You. But, uh, you just won't see your, your <laughs> reaction. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching this Ask Us Anything podcast. Thank Let you. us know if there's any other questions that we haven't you know, answered and we'll do a few in the comments uh, when this goes up. So, uh, Rory, we'll look forward to our four-hour special. Thanks, Rory's Rory. loving life. Rory's enjoyed this whole podcast. I'm Matt. He's Tommy. She's Jess. Hi. And we're WDF1. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.